Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Bachelor Nation, you know JoJo from ABC's Bachelorette and CNBC's Cash Pad. Now she's teaming up with DSW to share her favorite shoes of the summer. From white sneakers to on-trend sandals and platforms, there's something for every style and for everything on your calendar head to dsw.com to shop all of jojo's picks hello everyone and welcome to here for the right reasons us weekly's bachelor podcast i am your host sarah heron and this week i caught up with wells adams who you obviously saw on this week's episode of the bachelorette and wells gave me some behind the scenes scoop on how bad michael a's injury really was what hunter's aggression was like irl a little bit about greg and some fun stuff about bachelor in paradise because they just got back from filming and you're going to hear my chat with wells in a little bit but first I want to break down the episode more in-depthly with senior social media manager, Kelly Lasky. Hi, Kelly. Hey, Sarah. Thanks for having me. How are you feeling about this season of The Bachelorette? I feel like we're getting mixed reviews. I don't hate it. Um, I, I still don't die for Katie, um, but some episodes I really am like rooting for her. Other episodes, I'm indifferent. This week, she was kind of frustrating me a little bit, but I think there's a lot of a good amount of drama and a good amount of love happening, which makes me happy. What about you? Yeah. Based on what's going on and with the teasers and the fact that there's actually a lot of guys left, but they're just focusing on a few. I really think it's just going to be crazy. It's very unpredictable. I don't know what's going to happen just because um, she is forming these bonds with people, but then there's also a ton left who we really haven't seen. So I, in terms of Katie, I like her, but like you said, like she does have some frustrating moments, but I, then again, I guess I have to put myself in her shoes and, and it, you're dating 25 guys at once. It, it must be very challenging. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the promo at the end of this week's episode, like I know the promos are supposed to trick us into thinking we're about to see something crazy, but I genuinely, like as I kept going, I was so shocked at how much like of different guys were crying, how much making out there was, like Katie's breakdown, Greg having a breakdown in the promo, Michael A's son on FaceTime admitting that he thinks his dad doesn't like love him and because he left mm-hmm. him, not love him, but that he left him for the show and doesn't want to, you know, be there. Like that was so devastating for the four-year-old. I can't believe they aired that. Um, I feel like the promo looks insane for the rest of the season. I literally can't wait. It does look crazy. I thought something that was triggering for me was she whispered, I love you into Mike's ear. That's what um, we think at least. We think. And again, I took that with a grain of salt with editing and the bachelor producers and stuff. But I mean, we haven't really seen them together that much, at least with the way last night's episode was edited. Um, but yeah, it was very, the way it was edited was like the crying and the fights and everything. You didn't actually know who stuff was really happening with. I mean, you kind of figure out the Greg situation. Um, but no, it was definitely wild. Like I've been kind of on the fence about this season, but after seeing that teaser, it kind of gave me like the push I needed to continue um, watching religiously. I know in bold move to air this episode, this episode wasn't a filler episode. There was definitely like stuff that happened, but that promo like signifies there's a lot more to come. Kind of bold to have that air like on a holiday week. Like I feel like their viewership might've been down and I hope people catch up because that promo looked so good. But we have to talk about this week's episode first. Um, We're back at the Hyatt Regency in New Mexico. Um, You know, they're setting up this scene of the guys are are having a bromance now. They got rid of all the problems. You had Connor and Greg like cuddling in the 
intro. That was kind of strange. And then that was really like, strange, really strange, right? Side note. And then you see Caitlin talking to Katie about, you know, her decision to let Blake join the house. Caitlin, you know, mentions that when she had Nick Vile join, everyone was mad at her. That conversation on that walk, I believe that they had that for real, but then this was them having it again. Like something about that feels a little inauthentic to me. I don't know why. Did you get that vibe? I completely agree. A lot of the conversations with like Caitlin and Tasha are kind of robotic because obviously they're trying to be hosts and they're trying to, you know, be good at what they're doing. And it's just, it doesn't seem a hundred percent genuine, which I get. Maybe you want to have that conversation off camera, but then again, like you detected like some inauthenticity. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's how I feel. I don't know if other people feel that way. I just, I believe that the three of them probably did have so many conversations and a lot of bonding and a lot of stuff that we weren't allowed to see. But even like seeing Blake and Tasha talk last week, like that was obviously Tasha like trying to hit points that production said, like you reached out to me, like kind of this narrative that I don't really think makes sense. And that goes along with they had Tasha break the news to the guys on this week's episode that Blake was joining, almost like blaming Tasha. Like this guy reached out to me and whatever. And I just thought it was weird to have her do it and not Katie. And when they got, when Tasha walked in the room, I don't know if I was the only one who like thought this too, but I feel like James, who's the guy with like the slicked back hair and was wearing the turtleneck later on, like he almost was like, oh, is Tasha the bachelorette now? Like I feel like the guys were like, I don't know. They seemed like that moment, he seemed a little into Tasha. Yeah. No, I know exactly what you meant. When she walked out, I always wonder that when they have these like beautiful hosts like come out, like you can't help but wonder like when Tyler Seek um, was on a date at um, during Matt James' season, like there's got to be some girls there being like, oh my God, I wish this guy would just step in. Yeah. So it's kind of funny when they have someone else that's like oh, the same age as them, done the yeah. same thing, come and walk out like that. But yeah, um, I completely agree. So we see Tasha tell the guys, of course, Aaron, who is basically like took on the role as narrator. I think he thinks he's playing Survivor because he's always like strategizing on who to talk shit about. And he was the first one to be like, oh, it's Blake. When Blake turned the end, like he knew who it was. Like this guy is taking on the role as narrator, even though no one asked for it. And Blake gets the first one-on-one -on -one date, which obviously upsets the guys, but does make sense to the point of if she's going to have him join the season, why waste time? They should see if they actually have this connection. The DMs come up a little bit. Blake has said, so has Katie, that they had a very brief conversation. He slid into the DMs actually via a video message, apparently. Um, she said on Nick Vile's podcast saying, like, you did a great job on Matt's season. And then she responded via video. So they're both erased and can't be found. But it stayed casual. One, do you think that they really just talked really chill and nothing came of it? And do you think it's – they always have this made up. Is it fair for her to add Blake? Is it fair? Um, I mean, that's a great question. I think there was definitely more conversation there because I thought she was pretty willing to just let him back in despite like literally she, when Caitlin was, they were talking about Nick Vile and, um, and Caitlin was basically like, yeah, everyone was really mad. Like, is it really all that worth? Like, is it really all, is it worth it to have that many guys mad at you and the reactions? Cause there's always crazy aggressive reactions when someone comes in later in the show so there had to have been something there or some sort of glimmer of something for her to have had him come on like it i, I really think that they had more in-depth conversations i think so too i think i mean all there's no rules so it's if katie likes him that's totally chill like the guys have to suck it up like this is her show and they've been overall i think this season having a little bit too much control thinking like they can who to kick off and whatever um, so I don't like that. And I like that Katie did whatever she wanted to do, but I agree. I think she, whether it was, you know, she liked him and expressed maybe liking him. So he knew that showing up was going to be a good idea too. Cause that's a risk for him to take. Like you look like such a loser if you show up and she doesn't let you join, like that's embarrassing. So that's a risk for him to take too. And I don't think he would go if he didn't know he was going to get on. And I don't think she would accept him if she didn't have any sort of feelings or inklings towards liking him. And when you saw them talk for the first time, it was like giddy school on last week's episode, like giddy schoolgirl, definite connection there. So I think that Blake has a real shot at this. Um, on their one-on-one -on -one date, they rode horses, which she was terrified of. Um, it made me laugh that he said, all I do is advocate for wildlife when he was scared of horses. Um, he also made comments like, I feel like I already know her, but I don't. And I'm just like, Blake is so hard for me because part of me thinks he's like, 
so dorky and like why is he here and like he mentioned this is third bachelorette even though it's not his fault that claire quit but he quote unquote fell in love with claire he quote unquote fell in love with Tasha, and like now he like thinks he's in love with katie and she's the one and i think it's like so ridiculous but then i watch them together and i really feel like she likes him a lot and they're like making out rolling around in the hay and i'm like i kind of see it <laughs> i really do question blake's intentions though because you know, this is his third his third round in less than a year. And I understand like the whole the Claire of it all. And you know, she left so early and Tasha and this and that. He like fell in love with both of them or whatever. But I really do have to question his intentions because think about it. All of a sudden you're like in the news and people are talking about you. You're gaining Instagram followers. You know, maybe um Sugar Bear Hair's reaching out to you for an ad, but then it starts to slow down. Like people start to forget about you because you're not someone huge like yeah. Tyler Cameron who was you know everyone's not to bring up Tyler again but you know how I am <laughs> um and here's Blake like I feel like some of these bachelor people if they leave their jobs or they do probably start to panic a little bit you know if the money's not coming in or if people aren't talking about them as much I don't want to say he's like fame hungry but I think there's got to be some sort of trying to stay relevant in in this whole bachelor nation world and i really think that that's like part of what he's doing i want to hope that he's there for her fully but i really think there's got to be a little bit of panic in there like oh my god people are forgetting about me yeah i think that totally makes sense i mean there is the paradise of it all but if you get more attention for sure on a regular season and this was a bold move and it's paying off so far i mean he looked pretty great on the date when she was opening up about her past with sexual assault and like his response, it felt very real and organic. And like, he didn't know the perfect thing to say because no one does. And he kind of stumbled over his words a little bit, but he made it clear to say like, I'm mindful. I never want you to be scared of me. I thought that was like a, Blake looked really great and like a good guy. And then again, they had this connection. I mean, during that country singer, they were really making out the, the Lane Hardy past American Idol winner plug for ABC. Yep. Of course, yeah, this is the perfect song to dance to with Blake. It's called Memorize You. Like those lines just make me so mad. Like when we have to pretend that like she knew who Team Alejandro was. to talk about American Idol. I oh, think was, Alejandro should have won that season. Is that who Lane Hardy beat? Yeah. Wow. Team Alejandro on here for the right reasons. Where was he? Um, but she does say I could see myself walking away with Blake at the end of this, which I thought was significant until she also, I think, said it about Andrew S. So I don't know if Katie's just saying what producers want her to say or if that's just like her go-to phrase when she like had a good time on the date. Because I feel like she said several times, I could see my husband in this room and I could see myself walking away with insert whoever she just spoke to here. So I don't know if she's saying it to say it or if she really is just confused and feels it with all of these guys. Yeah. And I agree with you when in the sexual assault conversation that Blake did say all the right things. But when he proposed that like sex positive question, it was just so bizarre to me. It felt very suck up to me because I know that everyone knows that that's like Katie's thing. And she's like open to talk about sex. And, you know, he the way he phrased that, I was like, all right, we get it. Like you've watched her season before, like chill out, like just the way he phrased it. And he was like yeah. stumbling over his words and like spitting them out. I like literally couldn't watch. And then I saw it again on someone's like Instagram story. And I was like. Oh, oh my God. Like, do we really need to be saying this right now? Like he just gave me like try hard, like feminist vibes. Well, he definitely went in knowing he was going to bring that up also because people were like shipping Blake and Katie before she was even named the bachelorette because like he made the penis sculpture on Tasha's season and then Katie like brought the dildo. Mm -hmm. So I think like he was maybe trying to play into that and didn't know it was actually going to take like the serious turn where the reason she like talks about being sex positive is because of a past like horrific experience with consent. So I think maybe he brought it up in like a lighthearted way or like a yeah like a talking point way and then it took a turn. But I do think he handled it well after it took like a more dark turn. And I like that they gave the trigger warnings. And I think that it's nice that we followed up on that because Katie talked about this earlier in the season and this gave us a little bit more answers to like what the story was because she kind of alluded to it a little bit during that group date with Nick Vile. But this was more like talking about it. Um, but yeah, I mean, based on the promo, Blake is like talking to his sister or someone about whether he's in love. So it's, it, I feel like they gave away that he's like in the final three. Mm, they do. There, There's so many loopholes and things that you can find with just the promo and you can tell that they're not really trying to do it, but there's people out there like Sarah Heron who just <laughs> notice the sister and know that it's like, oh, the family's here. Well, it was no. a random woman. I was like, I don't know if it's a sister for sure. I didn't do my total research, but I was like, that woman is not a New Mexico. Like, she's not on this resort. Like, right. this is not, this is definitely someone in Blake's family. Like, he's talking about whether he wants to get married. Um, mm -hmm. But let's talk about the group date. 
Wells, you'll hear from shortly, invented this game that's basketball meets rugby. I mean, you had these guys saying things like we're willing to put our health and well-being on the line for time with Katie. So dumb. I mean, like I know you have to come up with games and stuff for them to play and they always play like football or whatever, but it felt a little much with the no pads, these ridiculous outfits, this game that involved tackling and these guys making comments like they were willing to put anything on the line for time with Katie and almost like injuring Michael A, very seriously, single father, Michael A. Yeah, there was a lot of cheap shots and it was so aggressive. I have trouble watching people like taking other people out like that mm-hmm. on the the bachelor episodes cuz obviously they're, you know, trying to be like macho men and trying to impress her, but some of those shots I was just like, is this really worth it? Like this isn't going to determine if you're going to win the whole show. Like yeah. you're going to hurt someone and that like what was his name who actually injured uh, Michael A? Justin was the one who actually, so Hunter was the one who had all the, with the ugly sleeve tattoo, had all of the aggression that they said once Hunter started like tackling whoever he tackled, like all bets were off. But Justin was technically the one who hit Michael A from behind. Right. And then he's walking around all like sad that he did it. And it's like, you were the one who took the shot after they said like no uh, coming up from behind and all that kind of stuff. So I never like these dates because I think it's just a show off contest and then someone always gets hurt mm-hmm. and then the bachelorette is, you know, over there coddling the person who was injured. It's just like a recipe. Like they use this every single time. Um, but yeah, someone could have been paralyzed. Someone could have broken their neck. I think that it just was not worth oh, going to a cocktail party. Like it's I just, know. it's, I know it's a TV show, but it, sometimes it's mind boggling to me. I know. I feel like they like an obstacle course type thing, like something where they're less like physically fighting each other. I just like don't get why. I mean, they already did like the wrestling date on this too, like the mud wrestling. Like I feel like this the the like amount of like physical dates like is just like stupid. Like this isn't Survivor. Like they're not. This isn't the challenge. Like they're not there to be wrestling each other, right? Um, or tackling each other with no pads on. But speaking of Justin. He is the one who at the rose ceremony plays like the game with her and you kind of see him get a little more attention because before this, he was more just the guy who had the really good facial expressions, but also in the promo a lot more than expected. So it seems like Justin might be an underdog contender here. Did you notice? And he was like all over the promo. Yeah, I did notice that. And I was like, okay, we haven't really seen much of this guy, but I mean, clearly I, that's why I think it's going to be really exciting to watch this because the, the people are going to come out of nowhere and all of a sudden they're going to be people that we're going to start talking about. Yeah. The night portion of this date saw... So again, she ends up just bringing all of them to the group date because of Michael A's injury. And I mean, also like Tales Oldest Time, like they tell them they're like competing for more time and then they always, I feel like, end up getting to go anyway, except for that one time, like they were all crying at Ari's bowling date because the bowling team lost. Like and they couldn't go and what's her name had the crystal, had the meltdown on the bus that we never got to see, never forget. Um, but yeah, they, it's like a dumb trope also to make them like compete for time and act like that has any effect on what Katie's thinking. Um, who knows? Maybe the other team had the guy she wanted to spend time with anyway. So she was like, this works out because I don't want the red team to win or whichever team was winning. Um, but on the night portion, we see Connor and his unbuttoned shirt and his like ukulele. Ugh. I, he, a lot of people on Twitter really like him. He was also the cat. He is not it for me. I'm never good with the guitar people and the song that made katie cry just wasn't worth crying over in my opinion i don't really get what's happening there yeah no and also he's very expressive like his facial um expressions are just you could read right through them you know if someone else gets the rose it looks like he's you know found out that a relative had passed away like that's how his reactions are just like greg does devastated we'll get to yeah, I definitely Greg too. And it's one of those things where it's like, you didn't get a rose, you're fine. But just so clearly, like, I just see that as like a total beta, like in my mind, like, it's just such a beta move. And I'm like, ugh, like, just, it's a rose, whatever. The expressions, like, he's one of them for me. And the button down shirt, guitar, I completely agree with you. It's too much. It's cheesy. Um, Katie always loves that kind of stuff, though. So mm-hmm. Anytime it's happening on my TV screen, I'm like, I hate this, but she's crying and loving it. So even he looked surprised that she cried. Like, I feel like even he knew that one wasn't his best work. Like it was about taking a walk or something. Like even he knew that that song wasn't that great. And she's crying. He's like, are those tears? And he was like, all right, I guess I get a kiss out of this. Like it was 
just like I feel like she wants to keep she liked him so much on night one and I feel like there's not really they're not really progressing at all but she like doesn't want to give up how much she liked him on night one when he was dressed as a cat but I don't think she's ever liked him as much as when he was dressed as a cat agreed which is agreed. she was like swept off her feet when he was a cat and we were both like not so confused by that yeah but I guess that I mean the ukulele guitar thing is doing something for him but not for me personally Bachelor Nation, you know JoJo from ABC's Bachelorette and CNBC's Cashpad. Now she's teaming up with DSW to share her favorite shoes of the summer. Weddings, vacations, and plans with friends are officially a thing again, which means it's time to give your closet a refresh. And you know, start wearing things that aren't sweatpants. From white sneakers that look good with everything to on-trend sandals and platforms that pair perfectly with sundresses, there's something for every style and for everything on your calendar. Head to DSW.com to shop all of JoJo's picks. Let's talk about Greg because he is definitely doing that thing that the front runner gets jealous. Um, he was definitely jealous of Blake when he showed up and he was talking about how he thinks he's a contender. You know, that people, some people think that Greg is an actor and is not here for the right reason. So maybe he's just playing into he's supposed to be upset. I don't know. But Katie described him as resting sad face, which I thought was very accurate. Um, and I also think. It just it it if we're taking Greg and acting like he's genuine, which who knows? Because you never know with any of these people. It, it pisses me off a little bit, but it's hard because one, I don't think it's fair to then treat like Greg knows what he signed up for, and you're only making the lead, which is Katie in this situation's job harder if you are actively acting upset at a group date. If you are making it seem like you're being miserable, and then they have the back, they might have to worry about you. Like I've had leads tell me so many times that they like kind of let their front runner know. So assuming Greg is, you know, the front runner, which he seems to be, you let them know, like, relax, write out the process. Like, you'll you'll make it to the end. Like, I have to whatever. I have to play mm-hmm. the game here. And maybe Katie didn't do that. But usually I feel like the lead does. And Greg got a lot of validation. First impression rose, first group, first rose, um, still gets attention every time, whatever. But he does that resting sad face. And I think that that's unfair to the lead to then have to worry about you. Same t- uh, on the same side, though. If they're not expressing concern, do they care? Like, do you want them to think it's cool that you're going out and dating other people? No, but this is a show you signed up for. So it kind of pisses me off that he is being so openly upset because that's not fair to Katie when it's her show. Like, it's just another example of these guys, I feel like, trying to take the power away from Katie. Right. I I completely agree with that. I thought that she made a great point that he was giving, like, a resting sad face, but he seemed so offended when she said that because no one wants to hear that. Like no one wants to hear that you have like resting mad face or always look miserable, but like he really does in all situations, like the, um, the group date, the wrestling, like he was like sad at that whole thing. Like too, like, and now that she's brought it up, like I can totally see that. Um, but yeah, I think he needs to just ride it out. I don't know if, I believe like he's there because he's an actor and he wants to get fame and that kind of thing. Cause I do think he seems like a good person, especially when there's conversations about his father, he really is an emotional person, but I think he's also got to reel it in and give off not to bring up alpha energy again, but sitting there looking like you're sad that she's talking to someone else. Like you're fine. First impression rose is always fine. Let's be real. He just needs to remind himself he was the first person that she laid her eyes on and really liked. They had that amazing date where he also revealed that he's lost a close family member. I think that he's set up to win the show. He just can't let his emotions and like sadness get Mm -hmm. in the way of that. Yeah, agreed. I mean, he reminds me of like an angsty teen drama character. Like he's Mm -hmm. just like, and you're too old. At like 28, you're not allowed to be angsty anymore. Like that's reserved for like 16, 17 year old, like One Tree Hill characters. Like I can't have this like sad puppy dog face thing going on. And I was team Greg from the beginning and everyone's trying to, you know, tell me he's an actor. And I don't know how I feel about that whole thing. But I will say that the promo so in also during their conversation, she's like, I was scared you would leave because he looked so miserable. And he was like, I would never leave. And then in the promo, they're almost implying maybe he's the one who leaves. And that's why she's so shocked. And she's like, what's going on and wants to leave. We don't know if it's him, but I almost felt like they kept that in because that was like foreshadowing. Like, is Greg the one who decides this isn't for him or gets called out or just leaves and quits? I mean, we see him walk away from the camera saying, stop filming me. Like, I feel like there's so much to Greg that we're going to see. And it, I don't know if it has anything to do with his acting school or if it's just maybe they're connected like he decides he doesn't want to be there anymore because I was definitely getting vibes that he doesn't want to be there 
I, I was getting those vibes too, especially at the end when he walks out. And that's the thing. I, it's kind of funny. Like you always see it flip a little bit where when the contestant that the bachelorette or the bachelor is very into shows that they kind of want to leave the the lead always freaks out because it's mm-hmm. almost it's kind of funny like they are okay with like chopping people out and letting people out but when the other person starts to show that they're unhappy the the lead can never handle that like it's kind of yeah. like they just can never handle that rejection because you're in the position where you're supposed to be rejecting people not the other way around and i really think that might happen based on that promo with him i think so too um, also on that night portion of the date, we saw Mike P getting his little joke about first base, being a virgin, getting a kiss finally. Um, Aaron trying to kick Hunter out because Aaron still thinks he's playing Survivor. Um, Courtney wrapped himself in toilet paper, made a comment, I'm going to be here to clean it up when shit happens. But ultimately, Hunter pulls out the photos of his kids and he gets that first, that group date rose. Another example of Katie rewarding bad behavior. She gave Trey the rose for being a little bit of a tattletale last week about Thomas. And now she's giving Hunter the rose, even though it was really about his kids. From what I understand, he still was the one who was like most aggressive during the group date and was acting like an egomaniac. Thoughts on Hunter getting the group date rose? Um, I think that Michael should have gotten the the group date rose just because he did literally almost like get paralyzed in that in that um, game. But at the same time, um, I don't know. Hunter rubs me the wrong way. He's like a little too goofy for me. He gives me like major Jim Carrey vibes. And it's just mm-hmm. I'm not at physically attracted to him. The tattoo it was my final straw. I was like, nope, 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 no way. Yeah. And I think he's a little – he just was a little too much in the game. Like he like tackled someone and ran up to her and was like, that's how it's done or said something like that. Yeah, I got egomaniac vibes. I think he has already shown like a few red flags, obviously bringing up kids. You have kids at home. That's really, I don't think that's a reason to give someone a rose. Yeah. Um, Cause it's not like you're revealing something like heartbreaking that's happened in your past. This is actually a good aspect of your life and you have kids like that's fine, but that's, I don't think he should have been like rewarded for that necessarily. I think yeah. Michael literally like endured some pain. I don't love Michael, but I definitely think that um, he deserved to get the rose on that date. Yeah. And I'm like, I worry. I feel like I've seen this on Twitter a lot. Everyone's like, it's going to, it's going to be hard to watch Michael A get his heart broken. Like, and any, when she made that comment about how like every rose she gives him is also for his son, like this was like two weeks ago or something. It was like, oh, like unless he wins, I feel like that's going to be a really hard one. And I don't see him winning. And then it's almost weird yeah, because she gave him the rose after, gave Hunter the rose because he opened up about his kids. But that's almost a reason not to, because it's like, don't give him that validation if you're not going to like pick him when he does have kids at home. And like mm-hmm. Hunter just doesn't do it for me. I don't see the connection between them. I think he's low key. He's a lot. And like he's walking up to her being that tackle was for you. And then her being like, that was great. I was like, what is going on? Like, again, a rewarding bad behavior. And it's weird because I feel like for the most part, Katie seems like she's such a good hand on her shoulders. She's cutting people left and right, like villains. I feel like she's got a solid connections with a certain group of guys, but then she does stuff like that. And I'm like, okay, what is she doing? Is that like her way of giving the producers what they want? Cause she's kicking other people out. Like it doesn't make sense to me. Some of her actions and the Trey Rose and the Hunter Rose, especially really threw me off on this season. But I mean, yeah, Hunter does have like a memorable franchise face. Like I feel like years to come, if I don't even remember his name or whatnot, like I'll remember I'll kind that of, tattoo. Yeah, I'll remember the tattoo for sure. I'll have nightmares about the tattoo. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'll definitely he has like more of a memorable face where some of these guys like I'll probably forget about like in a month. Yeah. But um, yeah, we'll see what happens with that. I think he's just I'm sure the producers are happy with him there. I think he has potential to stir up trouble, stir up drama, um, as we saw later in the episode, but we'll get to that. No, we can just jump to that because then we'll go back to Andrew S. But at the rose ceremony, obviously, it becomes about Hunter again because he has a telescope with him. Um, I don't know. who Allegedly brought a telescope from home or someone someone got Hunter a telescope. So we could basically set up this mini one-on-one date with Katie, even though he already had the rose. Obviously, pissing off the guys. Kind of funny that the guys he pissed off were the ones who like don't really have a chance. It was like Aaron, James, and Trey. It's like you're – again, Aaron, why are you still here? Trey forgot about you since last week's episode. And James and your like turtleneck um, and his chain necklace like The Rock – um, you know, they were the ones who were upset about it. And I'm sure they all the guys were, but they showed them getting upset about it. And part of me is like, you know what? I get why they're upset because it's it is like it's unwritten rule. Like you have the rose, like lay back during the rose ceremony. But obviously, this was like the producer is coming to Hunter and being like, Hey, 
you want to go, you know, look at a telescope with Katie and get someone on extra one-on-one time because she clearly likes you. She gave you the rose. She clearly liked you. You have to jump on that. She's going to forget about you, like hyping him up. And I believe that that's why he did that. Like, I can feel like I can hear it, but I do get their frustration about it. But at the same time, I feel like maybe a slight overreaction. Yeah. And it's definitely like a bachelor franchise tale as old as time. Someone has the rose and then they're hogging all the time. I mean, there's no rule book that says you can't, if you have a rose, you can't go talk to the person because their time is so limited. But like, it's one of those moments where the person who does get that extra time is kind of always being annoying because they know they have the rose or whatever. But James managed to make me get more annoyed at him in the situation. Agreed. Because- if I don't you even like Hunter, clearly. Show, you don't like Hunter, clearly. But James, right. I was like, you're being annoying. Right. And if you've watched this show for like 20 years now, you know that whenever you show any sort of, you know, animosity towards someone who's doing that, you're the one who always ends up getting burned in the end. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like if he's watched a show in the past, he should know that show kind of like making that awkward step in, like it's not really worth it. And that outfit, the outfit was a tragedy in itself. Tragedy. And so today I went and looked at the cast photos just to like kind of see like, you know, who's still on the show or whatever. And he's wearing that in his original like cast photo without the necklace. And I'm like, okay, so this wasn't just like a, like, you know, random moment decision to wear this outfit. Like he's worn that in press photos before. Um, yeah, he likes the turtleneck. Yeah. And he was like, almost looked like he was wearing makeup or got a spray tan. Like it just, the whole moment for him wasn't working out and he ended up kind of coming across as more of a loser than anything. And and that's coming from me who doesn't really like Hunter. So the whole, both of them, I just looked at them and was like, okay, this isn't going to work out for either of you probably in the long run. So you're just like wasting Katie's time at this point and our time and our time. Shocking that it wasn't Aaron who was the one who went over there and whatever. And I think he was probably the one hyping James up. He was probably like, I'm the one who's constantly, you know, getting involved in the drama and I need you to take one for the team, James. And you go over there because Aaron was involved, but he wasn't the one who did it. I just like really don't like Aaron. If you can't tell you guys, I don't get why he's still on the show. He got a rose again. Like in what world? We've never seen him talk to Katie. He only ever talks to the guys. Right. But I think if we saw someone like that in person, he's really tall. I remember on the first, when I looked at cast photos and on the first episode, I saw his picture and I saw him. I was like, oh, this guy's like hot and he's tall, whatever, tall, dark and handsome. And then kind of even seeing him sitting there on the couch, I'm like, yeah, he doesn't have a great personality. But I think that at this point, she's just like, oh, this guy's hot. Let's see what he does. And producers are probably in her ear being like, this guy's about to explode or do something. Let's just keep him here for a couple more weeks. Yeah, let's let's tank. Let's like keep. He's no, you know what? Now new prediction. Aaron will be one of the ones who she does on the one-on-one date with and sends him home on the one-on-one yeah. date. He's yeah, such he's, that vibe, right? He's like the starter pack for that. <laughs> Literally. Well, speaking of one-on-one dates and people with good personalities, unlike Aaron, Andrew S. I feel like capturing the hearts of a lot of people. Um, Awful outfit on Katie, by the way. It looks like she was like, going to go commit a crime, but then would get caught because that belt was noisy and hideous. Um, and a, such a lame date. They, all they let them do was like play with hung up cards and pretend it was an activity and like hit things. Like, I thought that date was so lame. I know we're stuck in quarantine, but mm-hmm. the date did not do much for me. And her outfit really was messing with me. And I like Andrew S. And they did, you know, have that hot tub moment at the end. But overall, I kind of get friend vibes between the two of them. Yeah. And I could totally see that too. I really do think he's the whole package though. He's like really cute. He was nice. He was very open with her. He was transparent. Although the date was so cheesy and like probably put together the day before, I thought that it was able to cover all box, like cover all the ground. Like they got to get emotional. They got to get serious. They had funny moments. And at the end they got like some alone time together too. So I thought that it was like the perfect it did cover like all of the, the ground that it needed to cover, but it, you know, it was just cheesy and cheap and clearly like a quarantine cheap. put together in quarantine. But I guess it does raise an interesting point. Cause you're right. They covered a lot of topics. They got to know each other by asking the questions. And then I go back to not to bring up Tyler Cameron for the third time or maybe fourth on this <laughs> podcast. But I remember if you listen to this show regularly, you'll have heard Tyler not that long ago, tell me that his worst dating story ever was when he had to go horseback riding with Hannah because he couldn't get the horse like to cooperate and he didn't get any time with her and Hannah thought she didn't he didn't like her and was going to send him home all because of like and he was so stressed about the horse and Blake kind of had similar vibes on the horse so it's like what is the perfect date I always say this about the show it's like whatever I'm watching I it's not I want what I can't have 
Um, and I feel like maybe that's the case of this because I thought that date was so stupid and lame. But then like the horseback riding date probably doesn't really do anything for the relationship. So I guess right. I don't if I was a contestant on the show, you want more of the Andrew S date because at least you just spend time and hang out versus like inactivity that you're distressed about how you're going to look like riding a horse on television. Right. I think the perfect date is always the one where it ends in fireworks and the mm. and the men are in another area and like Watching. seeing the fireworks happen. Um, I think those are always the best dates. I would love to be on the date where you go like on an unlimited shopping spree. Oh. Because then it's like, all right, well, at least I'm leaving with like $2,000 worth of clothes if I don't like make it. 100%. And I feel like with the girls, they awkward. look the girls, they make them do less physical stuff usually. So it would be more of like, a well, also if they're in a new city, it's like, let's walk around the city versus like, let's walk around the Hyatt Resort. <laughs> yeah. And that's kind of what, where it's kind of stunk for these people the past year and a half is that like, if you're walking through Italy, you can stop and get gelato and you can walk across like these famous bridges and just have moments like this. I really like, it's very hard to, the dates were always fun to watch because you get to see different cities. And now it's just kind of like, oh my God, are they like, they're grasping at straws here. Like there's nothing for them to do at these resorts. Yeah. Um, We do worth obviously noting Andrew S opening up about his absentee father. He also opens up about his almost ex-fiance who didn't want biracial children. That was like a very interesting, vulnerable, honest conversation. People were saying, you know, nice to see on the show because I feel like we've heard maybe they talk about this kind of stuff, but they don't always air it. Um, Mm -hmm. I remember there was someone who was on Hannah's season. Dustin told me that that he talked about like race with Hannah Brown, but like didn't air because he like wasn't really like a contender, I guess. Um, So nice to see that. And that was a real honest conversation. I really like Andrew S. I think he's a good person. I just feel like that it's just not totally there between them. And she likes other guys more, but she like it's one of those things she would like it to be him. And maybe she's going to try to convince herself it is, but it's not. Yeah, and you could kind of tell with – I think that with him, she probably really likes him and, you know, he checks all the boxes, but there wasn't necessarily, like, a physical spark with him. Like, she literally could not get her hands off Blake. She was, oh. like, tapping And Blake him couldn't get ground. his hands off of her ass when they were dancing. Right. I noticed that, too. So it's one of those things where she probably – there's a lot there between him, but you make such a great point that it was friend vibes. Yeah. It I- really was. I could see Andrew S. having a career in Bachelor Nation, though, whether that means mm-hmm. being a bachelor or just, like, being a, a bachelor in Paradise. I don't think he was on this season of Paradise. I'm not sure because he was on – I think he goes pretty far in Katie's season. I don't know for sure. Um, but I could see him c- coming up again. Um, and a lot of people were really liking him. Um, we gotta finally get a complete episode. We end with a rose ceremony. There's awkward silence between the guys because – you know, even though they're not actively fighting against someone, even though they all kind of hate Hunter, not quite as villainy. Also brings it up back to Blake, where the beginning of the episode, you can tell they all like really want to hate him and like whatever. But by the end, I feel like Blake was already like in. Like, I think he's hard to hate. Like, I think he's probably kind of goofy in person. And they, but when him and Andres were like waiting for his date card, like they seemed to be getting along just fine, like joking. And then the drama wasn't about Blake at the rose ceremony. And that was only like a day later. So I feel like Blake kind of, got to go past a lot of the drama like they he's likable maybe more so than a than a nick vile coming on strong with caitlin i think that mm-hmm. blake kind of got past the hard stuff i did note that greg looked miserable um at the beginning of the rose ceremony and hunter was putting on chapstick those were my big takeaways from the rose ceremony yeah i think i think not to dwell on this but greg really needs to like turn it up a little bit and just now that he she literally told him that he is resting sad face he's he should really take that to heart and and change himself because clearly if she's noticing it you like you said she's worried about him she's like oh wait maybe this guy's like not who i thought he was or or something yeah. like that and it rem- gives me vibes of like you go back to like a caitlin bristow who said like sean never got over the fact that she slept with nick or like andy dorfman said like josh murray never got over the fact that she slept with nick both nick no, not didn't say it to shame nick just you know pointing it out um, and then yeah, we affects, love Nick. We love Nick. Obviously, it just affects their life like post show. And I could see Greg maybe being one of those guys watching the show back. Doesn't take it well if she's you know saying the same thing she said to him to someone else. And I, obviously, it's not a normal show. It's not a normal. It's not a normal situation. Normal dating situation. So like, of course, you're gonna have feelings. You're not gonna love your fiance, girlfriend, whoever you know, making out with someone else or telling them that they like them at all. But I think there's something about the show that you have to be able to compartmentalize, know what you're signing up for. And it's attractive probably to the lead, especially in the moment to be able to do that versus maybe dwelling on it so much. And of course the other guys I'm sure are doing the same thing. Maybe they're just showing us Greg doing it because he's more of a contender. 
Um, but I feel like not a good episode for Greg. Um, but ultimately, we lost Courtney, Josh, and Andrew M., which are pretty much have been non-factors. I feel like we're at the point now. I think she's down to 10 or 11. Um, and I feel like I actually almost know all of their names. I like know a decent amount about them. I feel like the show has done a good job this season giving us the guys' backstories, giving them relationships with Katie more so than we. the big criticism of Match Game season was like, I can't even name these girls, but I know why I, they hate each other, but we don't even like know their names. I feel like the show definitely auto-corrected that and we're seeing a lot of the guys and a lot of Katie in a way that's interesting. Like I definitely know them better than I feel like I knew half of Matt's cast. Totally. I completely agree. I'm already more like locked into this than Matt James this season. Um, it just, this is a the shock. Promos, yeah. And the teasers and the promos, like they're doing well with those. Matt's season was very, you know, going through the motions I felt. And I think that this has a little bit more spice to it. Yeah, I agree. Which if you would have told me this time last year that like Matt James season wasn't going to be my favorite, I would have been shocked. But a lot of things have happened since then, as we know. Um, before I play my chat with Wells, do you have a final prediction for winner or anything you want to just throw out there as a shock? I think Michael A is going to leave maybe based on that FaceTime with his kid. And I think Greg, she's either going to find something out about him or he might leave. I could see me because she did say on Vile Files that like everything was like, what the F is happening? Like it was non-traditional. So maybe more than one person quits or maybe, I don't know. Or they express they don't want to engage. I want to say Greg is like my front runner. Um, but I really like I, we saw him spiraling. I think Mike, um, the virgin, is really going to surprise us. And I think it's kind of ironic that she's so sex positive and that the uh, someone who's openly a virgin, too. Like, I think that could be something really special between them. So I think he's going to surprise us. I would not have said that if I didn't see that promo last night. Again, could very well be ABC editing. Also, they were like um, dressed in all white. Like it almost looked like they were like at a cold yeah. or something. I was like, what is happening here? Who knows? And then obviously I think Blake is going to also surprise us um, based. And I'm really, truly basing that on like their like steamy makeouts. Like they literally had no chill and it's like, all right, she's definitely going to want to bring him to the fantasy suite. A hundred percent. So if you had to guess Blake or Greg, maybe as your, as your front runner at this point, one of them. Um, I would say because of, Greg's spiral episode or spiral teaser, I would have to say probably Blake. Yeah, I agree. I think Justin, interesting that he was in the promo so much. So I think we'll see more of him, which shocks me. Maybe Mike the Virgin, like you said, he definitely got some time there. I wonder when Connor B becomes a non-factor because he was, like I said, so strong in the beginning, but didn't really seem to have much of an impact in the teaser. Um, and then the Andrew of her, like chasing Andrew S down the hallway and like jumping into his arms, that seemed emotional and weird. So there's definitely a lot more to come, and I'm excited about this season. Um, before you guys go, I want you to hear my chat with Wells, when you're going to hear a little bit more about that group date and a lot about Bachelor in Paradise and what's to come. I personally cannot wait until August, but as we decided, this has been a good season, and I can't wait. I hope this promo lives up to the hype, but here's my chat with Wells. This season, for what I've seen so far, has been extremely dramatic um, and 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 tough, I think, for the guys and for Katie, and you know, I always like to come in to these situations and do like the silly fun, uh, dates. And so that's what we're, that's what we're going for in the, uh, the bachelorette bash ball battle. Hunter's aggression. What was that like in real life? Uh, <laughs> like, yeah, Hunter is just from like the 20 minutes that I hung out with him before we started playing, he is an intense dude. So I was just like, all right, well, here we go. But Hunter also is not the biggest guy there. You know, he is vertically challenged in comparison to everyone else. So I'm thinking going into this, like, you know, we'll see what happens. But from years of playing, you know, sports and playing collegiate rugby, um, it's the little ones you got to watch out for, dude. <laughs> like, they're the ones that, like, you don't see coming and hit the hardest. They drop the boom. Their center of gravity is much lower than everyone else's. And, hey, listen, as someone who is entertained by the game up until the end, uh, I was all about Hunter's, like, competitiveness and rage out there. And I was like, good for you, dude. You want some extra time? Go get it, you know? So kudos to him. Well, Katie does end up giving him the rose, I think also just for their conversation after the, after the game. And he kind of takes that as a sign that maybe this aggression is a good idea to move forward. Do you think that that's a good strategy overall for, for the, this group of guys seems to get very upset when, when men are 
a little aggressive. Yeah, uh, which is understandably so. Like, obviously, later in the episode, he's got a rose, but he sets up kind of this elaborate date. And I totally understand where the other guys are coming from, being like, hey, you've already got a rose. You don't need time here. You know, set this up next week. Um, so I understand and, and I empathize with, with, you know, I think it was Trey and Aaron and James, I think, were all kind of mm-hmm. taking exception to this situation. But then I also understand where Hunter's coming from. Like, he is very pot committed to this whole thing. Like, he is definitely there for the right reasons, pardon the Bachelor, you know, cliche. But, like, it's all or nothing for Katie. So I understand both sides. Um, and, you know, listen, I'm, I think that, you know, fortune favors the bold on this show, um, on all the Bachelor shows. And so I applaud him for, for doing it the way he's doing it, you know? Michael A's injury in real life looked pretty scary on TV. Pretty scary in real life too. Yeah, it was, it was scary. Um, Cause it was supposed to be a fun date. Like we weren't hoping that it was going to end in like ambulance and like broken vertebrae. Um, and it was scary for like a number of reasons. Obviously now that I get to watch a show back, I didn't know his whole backstory mm-hmm. with, you know, um, you know, his, his, his former wife and his, his kid situation. So like now knowing that it's even more serious because he's got a lot more to lose by getting hurt than the other guys. Um, in real time, I was nervous because one, I didn't want anyone to get hurt Two, the nuance that people might not understand is that once you get hurt and you have to go to a hospital, that means you leave the bubble. That means you can't come back. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's a bummer because, you know, obviously he's catching feels for Katie and we wanted him to stay. Um, And then add on, you know, the extra terror of he's got little ones at home. We want to make sure he's okay. So yeah, it was, there was just a lot of emotion flying around about it. Um, and also like, it was, it was kind of an effed up hit. Like you hit him in, from behind, he didn't get to see it, you know? So, mm-hmm. and I invented this stupid game and that was the, that was a big rule as you don't hit someone in the back, dude. You know? Yeah. I felt a little, a little, you know, culpable. I felt bad. <laughs> Well, he seems to be okay. He got some, he got some luck from Katie. It's all good. Yeah. Um, and also, also, I was on a, ba- a, a bachelorette date uh, as a fireman where I almost died. And I mm-hmm. kind of milked that to get a little more time with JoJo. And so I, if, if you're thinking that I didn't go over and be like, hey, milk this for all it's worth, dude. Trust me, it's going to look good. Uh, <laughs> and he did. He listened. Good. Um, Katie noted in the episode that Greg, who's kind of been a fan favorite really quickly, has resting sad face. Did you pick up on his resting sad face on this date? <laughs> uh, no, because obviously at the time I didn't, don't really like kind of know everyone's story and like who's gotten one-on-ones and stuff. Uh, he seemed not super pumped to be doing what we were doing, but I just attributed that to the fact that we dressed him up in stupid unitards and he was like, this is going to be on television and I look like an idiot and like you know, Mima is going to watch this and be like, Greg, what are you doing with your body on television? That was, that was what I assumed was going on. But yeah, <laughs> who knows what's going through his mind. Bachelor in Paradise. If I know you guys, you know, you have a new role, which is exciting. We've got some rotating hosts. We don't know the cast yet for sure. But what can you tell me about how that went? What can you tease for me with what this, what is the season going to be like? Yeah, you know, I know everyone always says, like, this is going to be the most dramatic uh, season ever and yada, yada, yada. And I think that people are maybe a little bit tired of hearing that. Uh, so I won't say those words. Um, but hey, listen, this is my fifth season doing Paradise. I've been on a lot of episodes of this show. And I will say that this one might be my favorite one that we've done. Uh, you get everything. It's hot. It's sweaty. <laughs> There are crabs everywhere, the beach kind. Uh, I hope, hopefully, just hopefully. the beach kind. Um, you know, there's love, there's romance, there's a lot of drama. You know, it's it's got everything. Uh, the drinks are bad, the advice is worse, um, but uh, the bar is open, so it's gonna be a fun one. I, I'm telling you, like, there are some tw- twists and turns that like I was shocked by and I never thought would ever happen on the show. And I think people are really 
really going to love this season. Oh, I like that. Would you say if you had to more love or drama based or the perfect combo? It starts out comedy, drama, and then there's a lot of really wonderful love. So you get everything. It's, it's, it's a really wonderful season. I am, uh, I'm super pumped for this one. And also I think that like America and the world needs like, like the, the earth isn't healing until paradise is back. And I feel like we've needed this for so long. And so I'm just excited for everyone to experience it. And, you know, America gets to kind of like show up at the gates of paradise and lock down those steps with us, which is always nice. And I think people are really going to enjoy this season. Would it be fair to say having a break and not getting to do it because of Corona and more contestants, we have more people to choose from could, could have caused more pre-show drama or stuff to go down? Uh, yeah, but like, unfortunately, like also Corona, like stopped stage codes from happening and you know, <laughs> fair. So like that storyline's gone. Uh, I will say this, you know, like if you were single during COVID, you didn't get laid for a year, basically. So I think there's a lot of pent up sexual tension in a lot of these uh, cast members. And I think that that will translate quite nicely on television. Um, yeah, you know, there's a lot, you know, listen, I'm, I think America feels the same way too, is that like, you're trying to make up for lost time. Like everyone feels like they got robbed of a year. So I think people are a little more prone to uh, be more bold than they probably normally would on the beach, which is nice. Oh, I cannot wait. Okay, last question. Any truth to rumors that Sarah joined you for a rotating host thing and we got any wedding planning updates? Can you tell me anything about that? Um, yeah, I saw the rumors that Sarah was supposed to come down. I, I don't know if that is going to happen. Um, I mean, I can confirm that, you know, David Spade's down there and mm -hmm. Lance Bass is down there and Lil John's down there and Titus is down there. Great, great options. Uh, I'm down there. So uh, I don't know. I don't know about Sarah coming down there. Um, wedding update, nothing. We've, we've had this thing postponed twice, dude. I, and I honestly, I don't know if I can take a third one. So just pray for us, please. <laughs> Perfect. Maybe, maybe a paradise wedding down the line. Who knows? <laughs> no way. Uh -uh. I had a feeling. Mainly because my brother's like, best man speech will like probably make air and i don't know if i uh, i'm ready for that thank you for tuning in to another episode of here for the right reasons us weekly's bachelor podcast don't forget to like subscribe share tell your friends about this podcast and come back every week for more bachelor breakdowns You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.